1: From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Rusciutti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business New
2: Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you know nothing else about New Orleans, you know we're famous for food and music. Part of the reason our music traditions are so strong and, and live on from generation to generation are the brass bands and the music programs in schools. There is no such ready explanation for our food tradition. Although we have world-famous restaurants, and we're home to celebrity chefs, we don't have a tradition of food programs in schools, and we don't have a specialty cooking school. At least we didn't for our first 300 years. As of January 2019, all that changed. New Orleans is now home to the New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute. (NOCI). N-O-C-H-I, is a 93,000 square foot campus on the edge of the CBD. One of Noki's founders is T. Martin, T is the co-owner of the legendary Commander's Palace, where we're currently having lunch, and T is also the author of several books on New Orleans food and cocktails, and author of the biography about her mother, Miss Ella of Commander's Palace. It is great to get a chance to sit down and talk with you. Welcome out to lunch. It's nice to be back with you. (laughs) And it's a highly convenient
1: location for me, so thank you. I would imagine, yes.
2: It's it's all very well to have a great idea about starting a cooking school, but raising the millions of dollars required to make it happen, setting up an educational institution from scratch, and running it day-to-day is a tall order. And that is the task that has fallen to Executive Director of Noki Carol Markowitz. Carol, welcome out to lunch.
3: Thanks, Peter. Happy to be here.
2: T, you've grown up in the hospitality industry and you're very active in other elements of the New Orleans economy, both as a business person and in an advisory capacity. You probably know as much about the New Orleans economy as anybody, so you know that one of the knocks against our economy is our lack of diversification, uh, principally that we're too heavily invested and too reliant on tourism and hospitality. If that's the case, Why would you want to double down on enlarging the hospitality sector by encouraging and creating even more workers in the hospitality industry?
1: We're not about enlarging the sector. We're about improving it. And we're about, you know, getting the skills passed to um, folks who, who haven't been able to get them so they can move up the ladder in that industry, whether they stay here in New Orleans or go beyond or where they come from other places and come here. So it's about being better at what we do. So why should a kid in New Orleans have to go to... You know, some random place like Charlotte or San Antonio to get a culinary education. But Noki is about much more than that, which I hope and know we'll talk about. So we, here's the thing New Orleans is you know, doing very well in the hospitality industry. But there's a lot of places nipping at our heels, particularly in the food world. I mean, it used to be kind of just New Orleans, New York and San Francisco. Well, guess what? Chicago and a lot of other places are nipping at our heels and we better be doing things like Noki to keep pushing that forward. I'm all about the the brand being expanded, you know, very much. I'm on the board of Idea Village and and there's all sorts of other ways. I don't want us to be a one horse town, but let's be damn good at the one we kind of take for granted around here, which the hospitality
2: industry. And Noki, when it started, it was when you look at the funding and all that, it was a um, kind of a family affair, as, as Sly and the Family Stone once said. <laughs>
1: well, this has been a community-wide effort. You're right. My cousin Dickie Brennan and George Brower and I really founded it and did the grunt work. But a whole lot of people have helped. I mean, you name it, you know, across the board in this town from our friends Emeril, you know, and Frank Briggs and Susan Spicer, Donald Link, you know, just go down the list. Tulane has been maybe our biggest supporter with the program that they're doing in there. Um, it, it just goes on and on. But none of it would have happened without my buddy Carol Markowitz here, I'll tell you
2: that. So. <laughs> we ought to get to know Carol. As a, Carol, starting a culinary institute in a high-profile food location like New Orleans, you're probably going to draw comparisons to other high-visibility culinary institutions like the Culinary Institute of America, which... Is actually the CIA, I believe, is, um, and Johnson and Wales University. Those colleges are principally known for their rigorously high standards and their two- to four-year degrees. I see that Noki is starting out offering a 20-week course. I wouldn't imagine that you could be the kind of chef who would get a job at Commander's Palace after just 20 weeks of training. But given that we're known for our high standards of restaurants, you might presume that people who are attracted to a cooking school in New Orleans are going to be looking for that level of education. Does Noki? intend to build toward a two- to four-year degree, or are you not looking to compete with these other established schools?
3: Peter, I'm so glad you brought that up, because I think an easy way to explain what we're doing is we'd like to provide students everything they need, but nothing they don't, to get their career started in this industry. And when you compare our program to a traditional two-year associate's degree program, which is really the majority of the degree um, that you'd get if you were to pursue this industry as as your career choice, We've basically taken a two-year degree program and taken all of the hours of the lab hours that you get learning the technical skills in the kitchen environment, and we've put compressed those hours into 100 days, and we've eliminated a, the majority of the lecture, or the theory hours in the program. So you're essentially getting the actual core um, curricula that you get in a two-year associate's degree program minus the general ed classes, minus a lot of the lecture and the theory that you don't really need to get started in your career. And we press that all into a full-time intensive 100-day program. So in fact, I would argue that our program does provide you as rigorous of a of, a, of training as you get in a comparable two-year degree program in many of the leading culinary schools nationally. But And you get to do that in 100 days for a fraction of the cost, and you get to do that here in the city of New Orleans. So. We are gonna be competing in some way with those programs nationally. Well,
2: how do careers work in the restaurant industry? You, uh, for instance, you come out of this uh, 20 week, you're armed for bear, and, and then the rest of, traditionally, the rest of the education comes from working at a restaurant?
3: Correct. Primarily, um, a lot of the training is done on the job, but but by virtue of the way we structured our program, we feel like this makes it for a nice entree or foundation to get started in the industry. And so, whether you come out of Noki or you come out of a two year degree program, or quite frankly, even a four year degree program, everyone starts on the line, and T can attest to that. So, they're all starting kind of at the same level, at the line cook level. But this opens the door. But instead of having to invest two years of your life and 30, 50, maybe even $100,000 elsewhere, you get to do that in 100 days for a fraction of the cost.
0: Well, and the appealing. goal is,
3: is that, to your point, over the progression of your career, that um, Noki will be there to sort of be your partner in terms of a lifelong learning experience. And we'll be, um, look to start developing and rolling out continuing education programs so that when you do decide that you want to specialize in um, being a chocolatier or being... Um, you know, a charcuterie expert that you can come in back in and That's take <laughs> the education that you need. Again, it's always with that mindset of everything you need, but nothing that you don't. And it's going to be tailored to your personal career, um, your career pathway. The curriculum was done for us
1: by the Culinary Institute of America. Oh, okay. And we have Creolized it. But <laughs> but literally, day one of the school, kids had knives in their hands. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's all the kitchen... Uh, experience that they're getting that that means so much to us. We certainly hope they continue their education and they can drop in to other schools, whether it's Nichols or Culinary Institute of America or lots of other schools. So we certainly hope they do that. So, um... You could come and take a class. Tori, my chef from here, already taught one on seasoning twice. So you you learn about seasoning. And these people are cooking. They're in the lab cooking. They cook, and then they sit down, and they have a meal, and then they're drinking and carrying on having a good time. So those have been massive hits. We will also do industry training for beverage and wine. That is a big deal in our industry. We actually teach a course here at Commander's Palace, so they come here to do it. We've put so many people through it. We just offered to do it here. People come from all over the region to do this thing called the Court of Massa Smellier. It's a big wine tasting. There's a test at the end, blah, blah, blah. So we'll do all those sorts of things and our own courses just for fun at Noki. So the, the culinary enthusiast, beverage enthusiast courses, which could be, a, you know, one night, learn about the history of cocktails and then drink your cocktails, or, you know, a, a three-day boot camp on pastry. So the, we'll have the breadth of it as we go along.
2: I think one thing, uh, Carol, that most people wouldn't hit on right away is the idea that it's tough to start a university i mean it's not like just a pop-up
3: it's i appreciate a, you saying really that, it, but my it's, boss um, here don't you
2: have to get a, get approved the regents and things like that absolutely yeah,
3: yeah. we are um that's it's it's a big undertaking and um that's the t-shirt that i want it's <laughs> yeah. tough to start a university that's the one i want T says, well, you make it look so easy, you know, you got to tell us how hard it is sometimes. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you. But absolutely, you mentioned the Board of Regents. We, you know, there's a whole approval process where you have to submit your plan for the school, and there's a whole laundry list of things you have to submit in terms of your business plan, your curricula, you know, the facilities, and, and the whole nine, and paperwork that has to be submitted for all the staff, including our instructors, of course. So, Uh, Thankfully, we've gone through that process and we are licensed and approved by the state of Louisiana's Board of Regents, um, basically as a vocational school at the post-secondary level in the state. And we're approved to teach these first two programs that we launched with uh, Bacon and Pastry Arts and Culinary Arts. So we have a 100-day program in each track.
2: I know when we start a new class at Tulane, for instance, sometimes the first semester or so isn't as large as we want it to be. Is that where you're going? You're kind of ready to scale up from here? Absolutely, Peter. We'll have the capacity to serve just in these two programs alone, almost
3: 300 students a year. Um, so, and then when you layer in additional programs, we'll be offering in bartending and, and, and wine service and front of house hospitality. Um, we can easily be serving. I, I would project almost 500 students a year across various programs. You know, in, a f- in several years' time.
2: <laughs> the, now, t that the building, first of all, beautiful building, and uh, but it's had kind of a. Kind of a sad history in terms of trying to get this up and going. Uh, It was originally, was it um, artists and galleries?
1: Yes. uh, You were supposed to go there, uh, called Artworks, and watch artists doing their work. Well, guess what? Now you can. It's just the culinary arts. And huh. so if all that hadn't happened, we wouldn't be sitting here. So while I know a lot of hard work went into that and it didn't go as, as they planned, it's a completely different situation. And because, you know, some major money had been put in the building, it's the whole reason that we're here. So we just were able to take this exquisite building and uh, turn it into a culinary center and... You know, if it weren't for them, you know, we wouldn't be here, and it it is stunning. When you go by, it actually looks like a university, you might agree, mm-hmm. but you don't get it until you go in. It's just stunning. And you know what makes me really happy about that more than just being proud of how pretty it is? I think of and now see these young kids come into this building, they're coming into our profession, and I, I think our profession should be very professional, and we should take it very seriously, and we're supposed to have a good time too, but they walk in this building and they look around and go, wow look where I am. Makes you stand up a little straighter, makes you keep your uniform a little, you know, Pressure neater. Raping. Exactly. And so I think that's very important, and I just hope it helps elevate our entire industry from the
2: get-go. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Rashuti. I'm talking with T. Martin, co-owner of Commander's Palace and co-founder of Noki, the New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute and Nokia's executive director, Carol Markowitz. Carol, in terms of business side, you originally bought the building and then kind of sold it and leased it back. Was that how it worked?
3: Right. So basically, Peter, this is a $30 million capital project uh, of which $12 million came from the city's convention center. And they, they invested $12 million into this project as an investment into workforce training and development for the hospitality industry here. And the way that that deal was structured is that we actually um, executed a cooperative endeavor agreement whereby they sold the building from us and simultaneously provided us a long-term lease of the building for essentially like 90 years. So that's the way um, they were able to put support into the project. So the Convention Center technically is our landlord, to to your point. We originally purchased the building as Noki originally purchased the building back in 2014 from the Artworks Guild and then we subsequently sold it as part of this partnership with the Convention Center back in 2017. But we didn't know any of that would happen, so right. he <laughs> and George and I formed
1: a nonprofit and bought the building and then went, uh-oh, oh, what do we do now? No, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. had a plan. Um, but, you know, we yeah. were definitely swinging for the fences. Yeah.
2: And how cool is it? You came up with a name. It sounds It's like a food. <laughs> right. That's uh, I appreciate I was,
3: you pronouncing it correctly there, yes, Peter. noki yeah. Nokie, yes. No key, yes. yes. Like not a food term.
2: Yeah. Notchier. We
1: wanted New Orleans to be the first word, and we wanted host hospitality to be in it so you know I threw together that name one day kept hoping somebody would come up with something better but we're stuck with it now
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, the business school at Tulane is renting some space up there and um, just not not to give us a plug but just tell you what they're looking at is they're looking at trying to teach financing for hospitality startups and new product or service development in the industry and uh, so I mean that that is so hot right now well, I
1: think it's thrilling, and I think it's a natural. And again, the hospitality industry has so much to start. I mean, really, you can come walk in the door, of Commander's Palace, and you know, within nine months, you can be making seventy thousand dollars a year. You know, you know, in the front of the house, you can come in almost any part, and you can and you can grow. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So, Noki wants to provide some of that type of training. And that's what Tulane's, you know, really trying to get into, too, because there's people on all ends of the spectrum, as you know, the people who develop major, pro- you know, projects, whether it's, you know, Matt Schwartz that, you know, who's developed the whole domain companies, thank God for them, Post-Katrina. You know, everybody like that. All the local people who are entrepreneurs, you know, like we are in our industry, you know, need further education. And, and, that, and that is a good base for New Orleans to grow from. And we want people from all around the country to come and learn about hospitality and hospitality management and entrepreneurship. Tulane has been probably our most important partner from the beginning because they, they, they understood the opportunity and wanted to help make this happen. So between Tulane and the Convention Center, our, th- our list of partners is long, but
2: they're right at the top. And, and, T, I'd say about 15 years ago or so, you and I talked about uh, one of the other schools the Johnson & Wales was looking at New Orleans yeah. and decided not to choose. How could... I mean, I know we're, we're kind of home game here, but how could New Orleans not be the best choice? Yeah, I,
1: I don't get it. The truth is money. You know, to do a major culinary school is about a $50 million project. And because this one had about $30 million in it, you know, or 25 you know, depending on who you're talking to, you know, that gave us the jump start. And that's why. We've tried with Johnson & Wales. We've tried with Culinary Institute of America. You know, I've tried, you know, my cousin um, Ralph has tried, Paul Prudhomme tried you know we've all tried multiple times and 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 couldn't make it happen so it really was this building
3: and good timing and the support of this entire community that made it happen and just to clarify peter when she says the money that was already in there by virtue of the investment that had gone into the property in terms of the renovation that the artworks guild had put into it it jump-started us by enabling us to do it for a cheap 30 million dollars instead of the full 50 million dollars that she quoted you know elevators air condition,
1: you know all that's there yeah you know and we'd we'd there was a lot. We didn't yeah. change. We did have to put in
2: five kitchens. Right. i <laughs> an idea. It could be Noki circle. we love that wait, idea. Wait, yeah. great idea we've,
1: it. we've heard that suggested. You we like <laughs> it. <laughs> I think it came from
2: you. I think that was the problem. Didn't. Not originally, anyway. <laughs> the problem of that. The, uh, and uh, I would think, you know, because you're looking at the curriculum with the uh, Culinary Institute of America and you've got all these restaurants in the area, they have all said, this is what we need in an employee, right? So it's kind of built around the needs
3: and I think we'll keep doing that. Absolutely, and I mean, you'll be surprised. A lot of what we heard from the industry when we did a lot of listening sessions and roundtables prior to really digging into the curricula with the CIA was the industry is just looking for people that are ready to work. They're gonna show up on time and, and be kind of trained in that discipline that T talked about earlier. You know, where your uniform's clean, where it's pressed, where you show up on time, you're never late, and you're ready to like basically take directions and, and know how to work your way around the kitchen and understand and have the basic language under your belt. So, It's really about just getting folks even to that point, that the industry, I think if we can even meet that need, I think we'd be heroes. That's largely what we heard. And then, of course, there's an opportunity to continue building in terms of the continuing education to help people advance in their specific career pathways. But I think just to meet that need that
2: we heard loud and clear
3: um, is something that we're really committed to.
2: And um, how do you plan to market it? Uh, Is it gonna, and who is your market? Is it people that are already here or are you trying to bring people in?
3: Yeah, I think by virtue of us being a new culinary school and the fact that so much of our support came from our local industry and our community, we are committed to sort of focusing our outreach and recruiting efforts here in our local and regional um, area. So out of our initial enrollment of 21 students, I think five came out of state and the rest were all local and and regional to this area. So we'll continue to expand um, our recruiting efforts nationally over time as our brand builds, but um, we're looking to compete with any, uh, to going back to our earlier conversation, to compete with all the other major culinary schools out there. and, And I think we have a really unique value proposition to offer students. I think I wanted to correct my myself I don't really feel like so much that we're going to be competing with the leading schools I really feel like we're on the leading edge of setting a new standard for the future of culinary training and education where the reality is is a college degree isn't going to be for everyone in fact a number of the students that are enrolled now they already have a college degree they're looking to early on in their careers switch careers because they realize all along that this is their true calling and this is their passion and now there's an affordable accessible way for people to do that and, and to pursue their passion at Noki. Um,
2: what about like at, at at a university like Tulane, for instance, we help people uh, as they get towards graduation to try to oh get their resumes together. Basically, try to get them some contacts to get jobs. Are you going to do the same thing?
3: Absolutely. Um, well, part of their curriculum it's built in where they spend a week working on their resumes and their portfolios. And then as part of the program, it also um, there's a couple of days where we take them around town to visit different food service operation or restaurant site visits so they'll have a chance to view a wide range of environments that they may choose to work in and it's not necessarily going to just be limited to restaurants whether it's casual or fine dining but that you know they're going to be exposed to what food service may be like in hospital or university settings or in large concession settings like the Superdome so part of that's built into the curricula as well. The beauty of our program is that um, their capstone course involves the students putting on a two-week pop-up restaurant out of our dining lab at the school. And that's going to be an opportunity for us to invite a lot of the local industry as well as our other key stakeholders to come in, e- you know, experience what the students have been able to learn uh, and produce at the, their, at the end of their time with us. And it will be a great time for them to start building those relationships with prospective employers. And our goal and expectation is that by the time they leave us, they will at least have an offer if not already accepted an offer. So, um, Um, There's a huge amount of demand, I think. Just to put it in perspective, I've been getting calls for years now, prior to the school's opening, for prospective employers across the country looking to hire students out of our school. So the demand is intense. I mean, the
1: main thing is going to be
3: to help them get the best job. There's plenty of jobs for them, and everybody's going to want them.
1: Right. Um, And we kept the class small because, you know, they've got to go out there and and, and be great for everybody to say, oh, yeah, we want the, you know, students from Noki. So that's not going to be a problem. we got to help direct them to get the best jobs for them.
2: And then we do have programs. I don't think they're like yours, but like at Delgado and UNO, do you work with those folks, or are they considered competition? Or?
3: Absolutely. Uh, we've been working with those two schools for, uh, in particular for a number of years, pretty much since our inception. So with Delgado and, and, and even UNO and some other programs here locally, including University of Holy Cross's food science program, I think the real... Um, low-hanging opportunity would be to start working with them on articulation agreements whereby students that complete the Nokie certificate program would be able to then apply some number of credits towards a college degree at, at any and all of those local colleges you have and universities been hanging out with I have yes, been they, hanging out with each. I've been I've been <laughs> making lots of friends in higher ed and figuring out how this all works because we understand that while a college degree isn't for everybody, we also don't want to um, we want to be able to support or leave that option open for any and all of our Noki Noki students and graduates that may choose to pursue that at some point in their careers. And I
2: can see uh, the convenience of where you are. I mean, you basically get a bicycle, you can go to work. That, that's the key. We
1: haven't had enough. You know, the, the location. I mean, they can go work anywhere, and they, they go to school. At least this group from 7 to 2 so they can work you know that it's Monday they, through most Friday. They are working so actually, most of them can yeah. work and if we fill in you know the other half we can do the evening so those folks can be able to work an a.m. shift somewhere but you're right I mean they can go right over to the convention center to a ship to a hotel right up here on Washington <laughs> Avenue you know
2: so <laughs> very yeah, yeah very convenient well, the, now if you um in terms of financing and I, I guess maybe this is a Carol question is uh do you plan to be um, self-sustaining financially? See, the beauty of our business model,
3: thanks in part, you know, in part to the things we've discussed already, like two lanes lease at Nokia and whatnot, does mean that. We're predicting that after our first four years of operations, that nokia will be able to be uh, break even and be self-sustainable. Which I think, especially in the nonprofit world, um, you know, is definitely going to be an advantage to us, where we're not going to have to always be fundraising, at least for purposes of keeping the lights on, so to speak. But hopefully, we can focus all of our fundraising energies and and. Um, and efforts on fundraising for things like scholarships and endowments for the school, and expansion for dorms and other things that may be in the future for Noki. Dorms? Down the road. That would be cool. I, just, I know, the, I know, you just threw it <laughs> out, <laughs> but the it's the next uh, chair. That's the next chair. Next not chair.
2: Name. Okay, yeah, yeah it's
3: ready. the next. It's oh, the when, next when leadership chair? Yeah. Okay. When we're both gone, I mean, we imagine these things will be happening in the future. <laughs> that's no, a but great I'm just policy. kidding. But I'm um, so absolutely. We built that into the plan, and and the way um, the the metric that I have in my mind is that we break even when we reach about 120 full time certificates. Students a year. So again, when you break that down and consider that 60 students in the spring term and then another 60 in the fall and that's only about half of our annual capacity for just these first two programs, we feel like it's a very achievable goal. We're gonna get to break even before
2: yeah. that. Yeah. There for you example,
1: do. you know, we also use the building as a, as a venue for events. And when you go in there, you're going to think of 18 things you're going to want to do there. We have events booked out to 2022 already.
3: We I think the amount that we had hoped to book for this year, we booked in the first three months. The, no, in the, the first two weeks alone, our director of events booked the majority of his full year target in the first two weeks of our opening. Wow. So.
2: See, this is a business question directly to, towards you, really, is uh, there were a lot of frustrations Along the way here, this took a while. There were a lot of roadblocks, uh, speed bumps. How did you keep going? Next question. <laughs> it was a good question.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was. It was just awful, honestly. This was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever done. And it, I mean, but my partner in crime, George Brower, is amazing. And he worked so hard to get all these tax credits and some unbelievable fundraising and vision. And you know, when things would take a bad turn, he would just come up with an idea, which I would think was crazy, and then it would work out, and my cousin Dickie Brennan has been right in there. He has a whole lot of crazy ideas, some of which work out, too, and uh, and Carol. So we just, it's like any entrepreneurial thing. We just hung in there, and it felt like the whole community was supporting us, you know? So anyway,
2: here Is we are. The, were you using your own advice? Is this, uh, when you advise others, which I know you do a lot of, that... Did you kind of follow your own recipe? Sure.
1: Every now and then I needed a stiff drink, but, you know, it. You know, my mom, my whole family, you know, and we've all donated a whole lot of money, you know, so we've done.
3: But there were a couple moments in our history where we weren't sure if there was going to be a future for us. Tell her the truth. One day I told Carol. I mean, yes, my own boss says, Carol, you got to look for another job. And And I told her, no, I'm not going to. I thought it was only fair. I want those eclairs. (laughs) I'm not gonna... <laughs> so, yes. but you know there was a little saying we kind of said along the way I think it came from T. you know it, it was good to have a, a small core group for so many so much of the beginning phase of this because we would always say like one day you know you lean on me and one day I'll lean on you and and that was definitely the case I mean at any given point in time, one of us was thinking like, "Oh gosh, is this really going to happen?" But we hung in there, and I think that core team and just being so committed to the vision and seeing how much demand and support there was for it from the from the community, not just the local community, but the industry community, just the kept, governor, the mayor, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, kept you
2: got them kept, all. kept us kept <laughs> us going. Good, yeah. Although we're famous for food in New Orleans, uh, we are decidedly not famous for uh, education. Uh, Maybe one way to boost our struggling education system is to link it to our successful hospitality industry. T and Carol, congratulations on pulling off this gargantuan task of starting up a college. It's ambitious for sure, and over the last few years, there were times when it might have seemed impossible, but here we are, and you've done it. Over the long term, Noki is set to have a significant impact on the hospitality industry, and we'll look forward to following it's Progress. T, thanks for hosting us here at Commanders every week. And T and Carol, thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. We thanks love you here. all. Thanks for the support. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been T Martin, co-owner of Commander's Palace and co-founder of Noki, and Carol Markowitz. She's the executive director of the New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute. You can find out more about Noki by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Murray. And our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to the show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify. And at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from the show on itsneworleans.com and itsneworleans Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Jill Lafleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. I'm
0: oh. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones-Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a Comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. The It's New Orleans Happy Hour Podcast. And by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.